That's why they give us something to lean on. Good morning. It's so good to be here this morning, um, to be here worshiping the living God uh, with all of you. And I, I mean, all of you here present, but also all of you joining us on live stream and later on uh, on video. It's good to be here together as a part of the body of Christ, children of God, worshiping the great I am. And he has something to tell us this morning through his word, through worship, through communion later. So I want to ask, are you ready to receive it? Are you ready to receive what Jesus has for you this morning? Holy Spirit's moving around this place. He's going to whisper. So let's listen. So to ready ourselves, let's go before the Lord this morning in prayer to center ourselves on him and him alone. Pray with me. Lord, uh, you know us all intimately. You know our lives, and you know how much stuff has happened this week in those lives. Good and bad, personal, communal, and our families in the world. And it's really easy for us to form this sort of crust on the outside. So when we come here, it makes, us, it makes it difficult for us to receive your word, your truth. So Lord, in Jesus' name, we call upon your miracle of new birth, your miracle of illumination, and, and your miracle of growing us up in you. Holy Spirit, massage these truths deep into our hearts and into our minds that we would get to know you with greater depth, the great I am. Now come and preach, Holy Spirit, and awaken us to hear what you have to say. We pray these things in your name, Jesus, the name above all names. Amen. So as you may know, we are in the middle of this, well, not really the middle, it's kind of the early middle of this series on the book of Colossians and a letter from Paul to a church. Um, the last week we covered chapter one and the week before that on our kickoff Sunday, uh, pastors Trent and Doug had a conversation up here where we started to talk about getting our bearings, right? How we need to check our instruments. We need to look at which way the bubbles are going, We need to get our bearings. Now, if you weren't here for either of those messages, that's okay. I encourage you to go onto our website, check it out, and watch them. They're they're wonderful. They're God-led. They're inspired. But we're going to look at the scripture today, which is the inspired word of God. We're going to let it speak to us. And even if you haven't been here, this lens that we're looking at the book of Colossians through is the idea that our way, the way of man, the way that seems right to us, leads to death. And God's doesn't. Because God wants so much more for us than death. So we've been looking at this letter Paul wrote to the church in Colossae. And what he's doing is he's exposing Christ. Really, that's all that Paul is doing to the church. He's exposing Christ. And if we're honest with ourselves, isn't that all the Bible is anyway. Every chapter, every verse is exposing Christ to humanity and to creation. And what Paul is saying to the church is saying, you need to look at Jesus. Don't take your eyes off Jesus. Don't add to him. Don't take away from him. But do not, all you need is the gospel. Just, you just need Jesus. Get Jesus centric. Focus on him in all things. So what does that mean for us this morning? There's only one way to find out. 
Turn with me to the book of Colossians. It will be on the screen as well. We're going to be in Colossians 2. What does the truth of who Jesus is, notice I didn't say was, what does the truth of who Jesus is mean for us this morning, today, in 2017? Chapter 2 will begin in verse 6. But just so you know, right before this, he says, because this chapter, this verse 6 begins with so then. The so then is referencing the fact that he's saying, you're all believers. You've all confessed Jesus. You all know Jesus. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world, rather than on Christ. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And you have been given fullness in Christ. Given fullness in Christ. This is also saying that Christ is in you. You've been given fullness in Christ, who is the head over every power and authority. In him, you were also circumcised in the putting off of the sinful nature. Not with a circumcision done by hands of men, but with a circumcision done by Christ. Having been buried with him, in baptism and raised with him through your faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave all your sins, having canceled the written code with his regulations that was against us and that stood opposed to us. He took it away, nailing it to the cross, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them by the cross. I'm going to read a few more verses, and there are a lot of specifics in there, but check, this is all focused right now. These next verses are focused on not the world's way, but Christ in all things. Listen. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. These are, sh are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. Do not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you for the prize. Such a person goes into great detail about what he has seen, and his unspiritual mind puffs him up with the idle nations, notions. Excuse me. He has lost connection with the head, from whom the whole body, supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews, grows as God causes it to grow. Since you died with Christ to the basic principles of this world, why, as though you still belong to it, do you submit to its rules? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These are destined to perish with use, but they are based on human commands and teaching. Such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship, their false humility, and their harsh treatment of the body. But they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. <clears throat> One of the things that I love about the Word of God is that it comes and meets us right where we are. It comes and meets us in the world that we live in. The Word of God doesn't deal with possibilities. No, it meets us in the specifics. I'm going to say that again. The Word of God doesn't deal with possibilities. It meets us in the specifics. 
Similarly to how Paul meets the Colossians in their culture, in their world, in their specifics, right? I, made, I went through that list, new moon celebrations. I have no idea what that is, right? Speaking with angels. We don't do a whole lot of that today. I mean, I'm sure some people do. These religious festivals, these different things. I, I don't know the specifics without a deep study of the culture. What I do know is that Paul is speaking right to their culture. Same way the scripture speaks to us today. And what Paul's doing is he's taking things about their culture that he knows to be true, and he's taking theology, good theology. Remember, theology is our study and understanding of God. He's taking their culture and good theology, and he's putting them together, and he's saying, now this is how we need to live. This is how we need to practice our faith. This is what faith looks like in our world. And you know, these Christians that Paul's talking to aren't unlike us in many ways. These Colossian Christians are similar to us in the fact that they seem to suffer from gospel amnesia. Gospel amnesia, that's a new one probably. Gospel amnesia means, it, it, it describes how we often find ourselves seeming to forget the truth of what God has done for us. Like we know it, but we don't know it. We forget the things that he's called us to do. We forget who we are, and we need to pause. We need to regroup. We need to be reminded. We need to get our bearings. And Paul reminds this church that in the receiving Christ Jesus as Lord, they must continue to live in him. They must be rooted in him. They must be built up in him and be strengthened in their faith in him. And this is quite a mismatch of metaphors, isn't it, if we're honest with ourselves? I mean, we always give Paul credit, which, I mean, he's got, he's got a long list of us to talk to about, or talk to us. I'm we're just going to, I'm going to back the trolley up. Forget I said those last four words. This is quite a mismatch of metaphors, and we always give Paul a hard time because of his run-on sentences. He's afraid of the period or a semicolon, right? But this who, do, who does metaphors like this? First, he's talking about a plant. Then he's talking about a building. Then he's talking about nourishment. What could Paul be saying? He's saying this all comes from Christ. All of these things. You are rooted in Christ. You are built in Christ. You are nourished and strengthened in Christ. For it's in these things and more. It's these things and more that we find in Christ. We can't forget that. We can't forget that in Christ we find our home, our security, our day-to-day -day understanding and life. We find our sustenance and our stability. In Christ we find strength. In Christ. In Christ. It's all in Christ. And none of it is in this world. None of it. But the world is all around us, isn't it? And it influences us. Whether we like it or not. It molds us. And sometimes... Unwittingly, we find ourselves choosing the world's way over Christ. A few years ago, there was a um, <clears throat> psychologist who did a study. And the psychologist uh, named uh, Ruth Berenda, her and her associates, they, they got together a group of 10 individuals, and they started with teenagers, but they did this with multiple ages. <clears throat> they said, we're going to give you, we're going to show you three different charts and on each chart, there are three different lines, a short one, a medium one, and a long one. She says, when I point to the longest line, I want you to raise your hand. Simple enough, right? 
We all should be able to do that. We should go 10 for 10 here. Thing is, beforehand, they told nine of the 10, raise your hand for the middle one. Raise your hand for the second longest line. So one unsuspecting person would be the one raising their hand for the truth, the long line. Well, first group comes in. Is this one the long one? Is the short one? Everyone keeps their hands down. Is this one the long one? Now nine hands go up because it's the middle one. And that one unsuspecting person looks around. They said every time, the first time they went through this, the first chart, they look around kind of like, what's wrong with you guys? And then in a matter of seconds, their hand went up. To the next chart, their hand would go up quicker. And by the time they got to the last chart, everyone is raising their hand for the second longest line. And guess whose hand was the first one up? The one the unsuspecting, the one who didn't know the plan, boasting the second longest line is the longest line. They did this with all different ages, children through adults, and over 80% of the time, the one was influenced by the nine. It doesn't always matter if we know the truth, we are influenced by the world around us. The world, our culture, it influences us and it tells us what's acceptable. Just like the nine said the voting for the middle one's acceptable, the world tells us what's acceptable. In fashion, in popular music, in trending opinion, in lifestyle, in relationships, in faith expression, and in understanding. It tells us how to interact with creation. Isn't that funny? How oftentimes we are influenced not by the creator telling us how to interact with creation, but creation telling us how to interact with creation. We're all influenced. And the Colossians were as well. Influence seeped its way into their church as well. And Paul tells them, don't be deceived by these things. You're being taken captive. That's the terminology he uses here. You're being taken captive by deceptive philosophy, by the world's ways, by human traditions. Taken captive Captivity leads to death. Man's way, our way, the world's way leads to death. This is exactly what we've been talking about the last few weeks. Instead, be influenced by Christ, is what Paul says. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. Remember, Jesus, that's what he means. He's saying Jesus is fully human and fully divine. Fully human and fully God. 100% human, 100% God. Be influenced by him, the one, the Christ. Because in him you have been given fullness. Remember, that is to say you've been filled By the one who is fully human and fully divine, you too have been filled with Christ. And you are in Christ, who is head over every power and authority. The demons run and flee at the mention of his name. There's no power in heaven, no power in hell. He's over everything. And he's in you. And you're in him. Be influenced by Christ and not by the world. Okay, Nate. Okay, I get it. But we're all in the world, aren't we? How do we avoid being influenced? Well, I'm so glad you asked. Paul has something to say about that too. We need to get our bearings. Because while we are in the world, we are also in Christ. 
rooted in him, built in him, strengthened in faith, and in Christ, in his fullness, it's also in you. He has filled you, filled. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Don't be deceived. Because if we only focus on ourselves, we miss Jesus. Think of it this way. I've got a picture. <clears throat> going to be on the screen here. I want you to imagine for a second that you are a cup. You're a plastic cup. Being filled with Christ does not mean you put your cup underneath the tap and turn on the water. And once it's full, you can turn it off. Well, it says that we're filled to overflowing. Yeah, it doesn't mean that you put it under the tap, you turn it on, and just let it run. That's not what being filled with Christ is all about. Being filled with Christ is being that same cup being plunged into the ocean so deep that you can't see the surface. And when you see the picture of that cup in the ocean, you don't know where Christ ends. Spoiler alert, he doesn't. You are totally filled, beyond full, in and around and surrounding you. But if you just look at the cup, you can be deceived. That cup looks empty because you don't see the water. Don't be deceived. Don't miss the living water. Don't miss the living water. You are filled with Jesus and you are in Christ Jesus. I mean, look at these prepositional phrases that Paul uses, in and with. Now, don't hurt yourself, but go with me for a minute back to like 7th, 8th, ninth grade, English class, prepositional phrase. Anybody? Ooh. <laughs> prepositional phrase describes the relationship between two objects in a phrase. We are in him. We are with him. We are in Christ. We are with Christ. In, with, in, with, in, with. In him we are rooted. In him we are strengthened. In him. His fullness in us. Paul goes on to say that in him we have been circumcised, not by hand, but by Christ in the spirit. Remember, in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, physical flesh circumcision was the way of saying, I'm owned by God. It was setting yourself apart. One of God's people. Christ says, no, 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 not by flesh. Circumcise you in the spirit. You are separated from your sinful nature. Because in him we were nailed to the cross. In him we died. In him we have been raised from the grave and separated from that sinful nature. Cut. Circumcised. That's a language of ownership. We belong. <laughs> we are owned by Christ. God has come and said, you are mine. It's the language of a new nature. It's the language of identity. And this is something we can't forget. We can't afford gospel amnesia. Because when we forget that this is who we are, in him we lose our bearings. We only see the world. We see the, wa we see the cup, but not the water. We're easily deceived. We're taken captive. Let's do this. I, I want to give you another example. I'm a visual learner. And some of you may have been wondering, why is Nate big on the screen behind him? Because it's Inception. And good to know that you uh, actually, when you're on video, it adds zero pounds. Uh, <sighs> it's cool. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> I'm not perfect. Okay. 
I'm a visual learner. I'm going to give you an example here. This is us. No, this is not a commercial for an NBC show. And no, this is not all of us together. I put us because I didn't want to put you. This isn't you. This is, includes me. It includes all of us. This is an individual human being created by God. Okay? This is us. We were born into this world created by God. Problem is, from the beginning, because of the, the curse in Genesis 3, we were born in sin because of the curse Genesis 3 separated we can't get to God because we're in sin here's the problem though if we were only born in sin we could just follow a set of rules and get out but it's worse than that because not only are we only are we in sin but sin is also in us our sinful nature so we are born into sin. We've been given a sinful nature. This is who we are. There's no way we can get to God. We can't get out of sin because of the sinful nature in us. All the rules in the world we can't live up to because of the nature that's inside of us. This is why we need Jesus. You see, God created us, and even though we're in sin, he loves us so much that he said, no, 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 I'm going to send my son who's going to live a perfect and blameless life, who's going to be baptized in the Jordan, who's going to choose the cross, who's going to die, who's going to walk out of that grave triumphant. And because of that, we are no longer found in sin. Those of us who confess Jesus, we are now found in Christ. Praise God. Here's the problem, though. If you look closely... There's still that sinful nature in us. Don't forget John 14. Jesus is teaching. He says, it's not just them in me. It's me in them as well. So we've been circumcised in Christ by the spiritual nature. And we have completely lost our sinful nature. And we now have Jesus in us. A brand new nature. A new identity. A new creation that can't shut when it's a box. <laughs> Boom. Chelsea goes, did you practice? I'm like, I don't need to. I should have. New nature in us, new creation. We are in Jesus with Jesus in us. He has filled us and we are filled with him. So, when those days come, when you don't know about who you are anymore, this still isn't the end of the story. Because God said, new nature in you, circumcised in Christ, fullness in you, you are in Christ. We are then put inside of God, hidden in him, and completely sealed by the Holy Spirit with press and seal saran wrap. Hidden in Christ, this stuff's so effective. Hidden in Christ, sealed by the Holy Spirit forever. This is who you are. This is who we are. And see, and when we were in sin, the world looks at us and sees our brokenness. And it massages us when we're in our sin. And it says, it's okay. Just go talk to somebody about it. This is who you are. Accept it. Be who you were born to be. It massages us in our sin. And Jesus gives us a new nature puts us inside of him, 
hides us in God and seals us with the Holy Spirit. So when we have a bad day, when we have a bad day and we return to that habitual sin that we thought would be gone because our sinful nature is gone, we have a new nature and we have a new identity in Christ and we thought that was gone, it's okay. This is still who you are. Yeah, we need to die to some things in our life yet. We need to change yet, but we have the power of Christ in us. Holy Spirit leading us. It doesn't change who you are. And when you don't feel loved, and the world's beating on you, and life happens, and it hurts, and you don't feel God's love, you're right here. It doesn't change a thing. This is where you are. This is who you are. Hidden. In Christ. Christ in you. Sealed by the Holy Spirit. Can't forget that. We can't afford gospel amnesia. We can't afford it. These are our bearings. These are our bearings. This is our instrument. This is the way the bubbles are going. This is the ocean that we float in as a cup. We're in Him. Yeah. The world's going to try to lead you astray every day. People are going to try to lead you astray every day. Your flesh is going to try to lead you astray every day. But our war is not against flesh and blood. It is against the spiritual things. The one, <laughs> the one who is fully human and fully divine, who has supremacy and authority over all of those things, has hidden us here. God is for us. Who can stand against us? Don't be taken captive. Remember who you are. Paul says, don't be deceived. Remember who you are. Just a moment. We're going to come to the table. We're going to commune in him. Commune. So if the Holy Spirit has moved you this morning, maybe you used to believe in Jesus. Maybe you never believed in Jesus. Maybe you believe in Jesus, and you just saw this and went, no, 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 I need to remember. I've had gospel amnesia. Maybe you never knew the gospel, so you didn't have amnesia. You just had ignorance. And if you want to commune with Jesus, join us at the table. All who confess and believe can commune with our Lord and Savior. Because in him, our sinful nature was defeated at the cross. In him, we walked out of that grave. In him, we live as he is alive. Fully alive. Fully God and fully man. So know this. I'll finish with these words from Paul that we've already read. But I think they're a wonderful transition as we head into communion. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave you all your sins, canceled the written code with his regulations that was against you and that stood opposed to you. He took it away, nailing it to the cross, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them triumphing 
by the cross. You, me, us, we have triumphed in Christ. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, (laughs) you are so good. (laughs) Thank you for loving us so much that we can't even escape you. You chase us down. You seek us out. And you want nothing more than to hide us from the pains of this world because that's not what you intended. So, Lord, we, we will fall back into habitual sin. We will, we will make mistakes. We will, we will believe a lie instead of the truth. But remind us this morning that our confusion doesn't change who we are. Our confusion doesn't change our identity. Our ignorance doesn't change that we are hidden in you as believers, as children, as your sons and daughters. Thank you, Jesus. And we long to be with you. So we communion with you now. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Two things and then a benediction. One, uh, you, may have, you may have witnessed, and I'm so thankful for this. Kara Blumendahl came over and she's like, hey, you know what? Something's not sitting right with me. She's like, good, good stuff, but something's not sitting right with me. And first of all, before I even share what that is and, and make sure that I'm clear on what I said, I... I welcome that because it's biblical, right? If I say something, I'm falling just like everyone else. So if I say something, come and just, if the spirit nudges you, please, right? So Kara comes over to me and she says, I think I know what you meant, but you were, when you were talking about how the world massages us in our sins, the, the, the world says just talk about it. And that suggests that talking about our stuff with counselors and therapists, that that's a world way and not Christ's way. Well, I don't believe in that at all. God uses that as a tool. He's used it as a tool in my life and continues to, okay? So please say, I'm not, please hear me correctly. I'm not saying that that is the world's way and not Christ's way at all, okay? And then number two, this is something that I, it's a new endeavor for me, right? I didn't introduce myself early, earlier, for those of you who don't know, a little late in the game, but I'm Nate, I'm one of the pastors, right? But I'm one of the pastors who's being sent a planting pastor. Community decided it's going to multiply. We're going to plant the church next year. I'm thrilled. We've been praying into it. People are, are gathering together. We're having discussions. If God is leading you to something that's uncomfortable in going and planting with us, I'd love to process through it with you. And now that sounds silly. Nate, you're just going to try to convince us to go. No, no, no. I want to convince you to be faithful to what God is doing. And if that's really what he's doing, let's go. But if not, he's got a purpose for you to be here. Now, if you're thinking, Nate, I don't even know if God's leading me to go, then let's start praying through that as well. More than willing to talk to you. There's other people who are more than willing, willing to talk to you, but contact me. I'd love to process through that with you. But please, if you haven't already, start praying. What is God calling you to do this next year? And like I said, this isn't a petition to go with me. This is a petition to be obedient to what God has for you, especially if that means staying here. Benediction. From 2 John. Grace, mercy, and peace will be with us. From God the Father and from Jesus Christ, the Father's Son, in truth and love. Amen. Have a wonderful week.